Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, Dewey Thompson, Ray Lyon, and Brianna Larimer share their decades of experience training in workplaces across the nation and talk to other experts about what it takes to be a team player, a great manager, and a leader others want to follow. This is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, MTI, Dewey Thompson, Ray Lyon, and myself, Brianna Larimer. And today's topic, I know it sounds odd, but let's talk about kindness, you guys. <laughs> Ray has Be this. kind, everybody. Yeah. Be kind. Yay. Oh, I wish you all could see Ray's face right now. It's, it's really funny. Um, <laughs> Well, so, thanks. That's not very kind. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's interesting. As we were talking about this before we started recording today, um, it seems like I can't drive anywhere without seeing some type of sign that says something about kindness. Kindness spreads too. Kindness changes everything. Kindness, kindness, kindness. So it prompted this idea. And I was just really curious, like, why? Why do we have to talk about something that seems so basic? Or why so much highlight to something that we should have been taught from a very young age? <laughs> what is your thoughts? Well, you know, I, I I don't know if kindness and the things that you're seeing and the signs that you're seeing are um, more needed today or not. You know, I being the um, older person here in this room, I remember back, you know, uh, where I, too, saw signs uh, to get people to be kind to one another. You know, uh, back there when we had blockbuster video, it was always, you know, be kind, rewind. Right. Um, <laughs> So I don't know if it's a new phenomenon, but I will definitely agree that, um, you know, when you are kind to other people, boy, just think about a world like that, what that would be like. Yeah. 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 I, I think we have had that notion in our minds since we were little people. Um, I don't know that we've often in the workplace, however, been as overt in talking about just feelings in general. Mm. So I think that idea might be more new in in workplaces. Absolutely. You know, I think about our conversation the other day, right? We were talking about um, someone who had mentioned to you they were applying for a job. And uh, one of the things that she was looking for was a kind leader. Mm -hmm. And that really struck me as well. The fact that that this is something that um, people who are actively looking for employment right now are expecting to see in in their leadership going into an organization. And so let's talk a little bit about that. You know, uh, it hasn't changed. It really, you know, being kind is a common notion. But what does it look like now in the workplace, maybe compared to the traditional workplace that we were in? I, I know when I was first looking for a big, big girl job out of college, and there were lots of things on my 
must-have list when I started that. And it had much more to do with the environment related to the technical Mm -hmm. things, Um, you know, very practical things that you were looking for, more process-driven performance things, things that were required of me as an employee, Um, you know, even very mundane things about the environment and about what kind of pay they offered or what kind of benefits they offered or what kind of advancement and mobility within that particular career that they offered, what access to tools and resources I would have and development. Um, I never really thought about the emotional aspect or the type of care that would be given to me as a human being. I would agree with that. Um, I think I kind of had a similar experience when I, too, um, got out into the workforce. Um, and the things that what I were looking for, my punch list, if you will, was, like you said, it was salary, it was benefits. Um, I think it's also interesting that we didn't see a lot of choices back then that maybe we see today. Um, you know, now you can take your laptop and plug in at the local coffee shop and get your work done. Um, you know, the pandemic has caused us to all work from home. There's more options now. Um, back then we had to walk in, right? You had to, you had to walk in, you had a certain dress code you had to meet, you had a, uh, it was a brick and mortar building. Um, and so we didn't really talk so much about, um, I think you're right. I think it w- wasn't so much about how you feeling today. I mean, don't get me wrong. We had those pleasantries with teammates and people sure. we worked with, but um, it was all focused on the process, right? right. Of how to get the work done. And um, it wasn't so much about, oh, I, I, I want to think about these qualities in a leader, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I, I, that never really entered my mind so much. It was a very employer-driven mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the employer drove the um, supply of work. If that makes sense, um, they set down the rules, and you had to fit under their guidelines. And I think that's a shift. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I love that definition of it because it's very much an employee-driven workplace now. It's it's very competitive out there for talent. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of places are struggling. Although, you know, what's interesting is for decades I've I've heard, well, you know, we have the hot body syndrome, and what I mean by that is people are just hiring anybody they can hire just to have a hot body uh, in in that position and in that chair. And I know that's where a lot of places get in trouble mm-hmm. because then they've hired, uh, you know, we talked about this before, but they've hired a, a misplacement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah, it's uh, that, that is interesting. You know, we, we, we call that, you know, I need a warm body in place to get the work done. Cause let's face it, the work doesn't get done by itself. You do need warm bodies, but you know, as human beings, we, um, have a sense of belonging. We we want to be able to use our minds and challenge our minds. We want to be able to, um, you know, kind of feel good about the work that we're doing, that it's really kind of making a difference once in a while. Um, and I think in the past, 
I think you're right, Ray. We've always been on that transaction of the work itself. I, I, the, the, we, where's the warm body we need in place to do this, as opposed to maybe taking a look at all your needs, you know, mm-hmm. perhaps in today's working working environment. I, I, I do see that as being a shift. Well, I can even think back, and I, you know, I know that we were saying traditionally that was the kind of workplace. I can think back to my first job, um, and I think I very much was letting it be employer driven in the sense that I needed a job. So I was willing to conform to whatever I needed to conform to, to get that job. And, um, I did start seeing a shift, I would say probably with even the last five years or, or more, um, just in that now, uh, when, before I took the position at, at, at MTI, I had, had interviewed at a, a different place. And at that time, I remember going in with the leader of that organization and just seeing visually a sense of uh, disinterest, I guess, and being in there. And that actually hurt my feelings. And that'll be no surprise to anyone at this table. And so for me, that translates to this idea of, well, that wasn't very kind. And that's not a leader that I might, I probably would want to work for. And so it did. I remember going home that that evening and I withdrew uh, from, from that application. And so it is important nowadays. And I think that that generally speaking, we all have a basic understanding of what kindness is, but we forget it in, um, I guess, on a day-to-day basis. When I was doing research for this episode, I thought it was really interesting that one of the things that it had said is that we often have these expendable human interactions, <laughs> all right? And I, I that terminology just really stuck with me, expendable human interactions. In that interview that I just referenced, that probably was an expendable human interaction in the sense that there was no real relationship built up between myself and, and the leader of that organization. Um, I was just another interview. And and so that didn't mean that we had to look a certain way or be kind. Um, and we see this on a day-to-day basis. I mean, think of how many times you walk <laughs> through the hallway and how often do you say, hey, how are you? Oh, good, good. How are you? Oh, great. And then you all just go about, you know, we go about merry ways. There's really no intentionality to building that interpersonal connection. Well, I'll somebody. take that even a step further, Brianna. I mean, you know, you think about um, nowadays, you can uh, walk into a store, do what you need to do, check yourself out and not even have to say a word to another human being while you're in there. That's a good point. Um, you can get online and order your groceries or whatever have you uh, to be delivered to your home. You, again, do not have to have a single human interaction to be able to do those kinds of things. So, um, you know, I, I, I certainly understand that term, expendable human interactions. You know, you, you, you call somebody up because maybe that delivery didn't get there in time. So, um, you know, you don't know this person, you know, to them, you know, you're, they're just a, a cog in your wheel or to your day or to your, to your goal. So, um, certainly I can kind of, I can see how that can, can play out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think you're hitting the nail on the head with that, Dewey is so much of it. I do wonder, and I'd love your all's thoughts on this. How much has technology, um, maybe played into Don't get me wrong. Love technology. All right. I'm on social media, but how much has that played into maybe our, our inability to actually 
connect with people again. We forget about being social creatures because we can be so independent on a lot of tasks. Well, access to people, I think, has certainly increased as a result of things like social media. You know, you can, you know, say hi to everybody all at once, you know, through a simple post. Um, you know, but so people are constantly there for you. I, I just don't know about the depth mm-hmm. of maybe a relationship um, and and how that can be built, um, even with a, between a business and, and their customers. You know, what does that relationship look like? Um, so I don't know. Ray, what are your thoughts? It's kindness. It's- <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this, then. Let's turn this around. Let me ask you this. Knowing. Um, you know, Ray, understanding that that probably the traditional workplace in, in which you explained earlier as we started this episode out, um, that's kind of what you were acclimated to and might be something that you prefer, prefer a little bit more of since you have self-owned the feelings and emotions and all not 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 where you like to be, not your happy place. And so tell me how. How has this been or has it been um, this transition been difficult for you as a as a manager, as a supervisor and in, in understanding not necessarily how to be kind, but how to tap into emotions and those soft skills more that now employees are demanding? Well, I think, first of all, being kind <laughs> is fine with me. Kindness is something that as a leader, you probably need to understand how the people you lead see it. Mm -hmm. And so in leadership, what we realize is that you need your people a lot more than they need you. Hmm, I love that. And you need to define kindness the way those people define it. And Little acts of kindness, even though maybe you didn't need it, but by demonstrating kindness to others in the way that they pick it up actually can fill your cup, mm-hmm. even though maybe that's not what you would have needed. Mm-hmm. So I think, although it's not as intentional, I could probably be that person that checks myself out at the grocery store um, and been fine with it and probably sought that option, (laughs) I still can demonstrate acts of kindness and still feel fulfilled, even though maybe it wouldn't have been my first choice. However, I can still walk away going, oh, okay, that felt pretty good. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I love that, right? And I love that you bring up the fact that that it takes that consciousness, that intentionality, and knowing kind of what your people, uh, how they how they would perceive kindness in in that form, and it again may not align specifically with what your you know your preference may be. And I think you and Dewey do an incredible job with this because I know it's not easy, uh, probably with me and understanding that sometimes I'm a little needy. All right, I'll own that. <laughs> but you know, I I looked at this and this researchers from Oxford University, you know, they say being kind actually makes us happier. That should be no surprise to us. But they also said the link between kindness and great leadership goes beyond employee relationships, but can also increase employee performance. And so when you start speaking, then we've used this term on on episodes previous, but when you start speaking your employee's currency, and if their currency is kindness, or that's an element of it, then 
you're going to increase that productivity. You're going to increase engagement and all those wonderful things that come with that. So I think sometimes, again, we just got to be able to to step back and to recognize that we got to be practicing kindness. I think of my son right now and I think of how I'm going to demonstrate to him and teach him how to be kind. And nowadays, it's we're very prone to if somebody harms you or if somebody has hurt you, that you don't have to be kind to them. I don't know if that needs to be the approach because then what happens is as we get older, we don't learn how to be kind to the people who may have been unkind to us. I don't know. It does take intentionality sometimes. You know, we think that sometimes those random acts of kindness, those fill our cup. You think about going through the drive through window, you know, at Starbucks and you pay for the person behind you. That's great. It's a random act of kindness. But how are we on a day in and day out basis being intentional with being kind to one another? Well, it's hard to do, um, you know, every day that I get behind the wheel and um, <laughs> my road rage starts to increase a little bit, I have to pull myself back. Right. Um, I have to remember that, you know, there are other human beings in this world other than just me. Um, and um, so it, it is it's hard to do. Um, but it, I think it starts with being intentional. I think it starts with. Um, recognizing that other people have needs, other people contribute to what it is that you're doing, and, and hopefully you can contribute to what it is that they're doing. I don't know, Rick Warren in his book, Purpose Driven Life, you know, the very first line of that book, and I think about this even related to leadership, of course, is it's not about you. Mm-hmm. That goes to exactly what you said earlier in the sense that, you know, understanding how your employees need to receive what they need to receive. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think we talk about, you know, being harmed or if an employee isn't doing what you think they should be doing or, you know, you wish they were doing or whatever. And kind of in the exchange that you were talking about with your son, teaching him to be kind, I think is one of those things that, you know, it's not always about you, Mm -hmm. um, that some people need that simply because that's what they need. Yeah. I think we really just need to, to work at exactly what you said. Think about what other people need. Well, one thing we could do is, you know, as leaders demonstrate kindness, it sets an example, doesn't it? Um, in terms of the workplace, what kind of a culture is that leader really trying to achieve? Um, and if they're setting uh, examples of, uh, of what kindness means, uh, then other people, it's, it's interesting how they can jump on that bandwagon, right? They can, mm-hmm. then you get a whole group of people really kind of creating that culture of kindness in an organization. Well, I, I agree. And I think, you know, when teams are developing, um, you know, as Bruce Tuckman would mm-hmm. talk about, you know, this idea of forming, you know, stage one development is forming and setting that expectation that kindness is part of who we are mm-hmm. as a team. And I think importantly, and I'm going to ask you to speak to this because you're our newest team member, Brianna, is what does that look like? You know, if we're if we're coming together as a team and kind of setting those expectations, you know, our team needs to talk about what kindness looks like. So what would you say if I were to ask you that as a new team member um, and now that you've been here and let's say we're bringing somebody new into the fold, what would you say that that looks like? 
Hey, kindness for our team. Uh, you all set the precedent uh, as far as day one, the the warm welcome. And I think just a constant environment of walking into a warm, welcoming environment, uh, making sure that we're having continuous conversations with each other, being able to sit down, uh, setting this, the precedent that we will have a trusting conversation with each other. We'll be transparent. We'll be vulnerable, um, recognizing that we aren't setting each other up for failure in the sense that uh, when we have those transparent conversations, we're not going to hold it against one another. We're going to take care of each other. Uh, we're going to pick each other up when things are um, are not going right one day or maybe one week, you know, for, for any of us at any given time. And I think that that really came through. And if not, you know, the first the first month, but certainly by the second month when we're, we're in there and we're still just trying to kind of navigate it, I'd sensed just a constant feeling of, of kindness in our in our at that time basement that we were yeah. in. <laughs> We've been all over, haven't we? And that doesn't yeah. that doesn't that doesn't say that we haven't struggled on our way to get there. Oh, right? No. Um, right. You know, we all we're human beings. Right. When we sometimes uh, enter into conflict, um, but kind of keeping that idea that, hey, this is the type of team we're really struggling to develop and to talk about that and to, again, demonstrate that to one another. That's, I think, how you kind of build that culture that you of kindness in your own organization. Right. And I think talking about the type of team you want to have, mm -hmm. but more importantly, talking about what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And so when we define the word kindness and then talking about when kindness shows up. Mm. You know, so that we can pinpoint, oh, you know what, that was really kind. And and that's exactly what we're talking about on our team. So thanks when you did this. Mm -hmm. um, and then we just kind of reinforce that. So the other people sitting around the table or even the other people at the cubicle across the aisle, you know, know what kindness looks like. So I think that's important. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I think that's interesting about this, this particular conversation is as you kind of develop that sense of, of kindness within your particular team, you're building your credibility too, right? Mm -hmm. um, people look, are probably more attracted to follow a leader who demonstrates kindness. Um, so, you know, you're, you're not only um, creating more of that culture, you're also building your credibility. And we, we all know that as you build credibility, you grow your influence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know there was a, a study done and I wish I, I'm, probably shouldn't even mention this, but there was a study done uh, about 20 years ago that talked about, would you rather be liked or, you know, from a leadership standpoint, um, be likable or be smart? Mm. So it was kind of a one or the other kind of thing. And, you know, in order to move, move your agendas forward. And it was the liked because of that exact reason. I can always learn about something, but the influence that you have from building behaviors around likability, mm -hmm. right? Trust, kindness, mm -hmm. um, actually move the needle farther than just knowing the most. Well, you've always said it, Ray, that people don't quit businesses, they quit relationships, yeah. you know, often that they have with their leaders. So um, yeah, kindness goes a long way. It does. 
And certainly, like I said, I think for me, and this is probably going deeper, but it's it's not artificial kindness. You know, like it, I, mm. I want it to be genuine kindness. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I think speaking to what we said earlier in the podcast, the idea that it may look different. So when I gave those examples of what our team did, that was generally speaking how we were all kind of kind. But for me, sometimes kindness also looks like you all coming in and you're asking about my son. You mm-hmm. know, I like that as well. And so there is that currency, I guess, for each individual employee. I think there's a lot of things people can do to exhibit kindness. You know, um, I think it's sometimes about and I know we're all busy folks, but sometimes it's just about taking the time to listen. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking the time to maybe empathize once in a while can go a long way towards kindness. Again, it doesn't necessarily mean that as, as a kind person, you're going to let that person do whatever they want to do. Right? right. You know, but um, you can always listen. You can always empathize. I think are some ways that we can kind of demonstrate that. Maybe ask a few questions, right? To gain a different perspective from somebody or to explore what somebody has to say. Another simple way to uh, do that. For me, um, (laughs) probably I need to, uh, I have a tendency to kind of, I know this about myself, I I make snap judgments once in a while. And so for me, um, being able to judge less maybe perhaps would be um, an area that I can improve on to demonstrate more kindness to people. So I think there's lots of things people can do. I think that's a good point, Dewey, when you think about that. You know, one of the things that it does say to demonstrate more kindness is to to bite our tongue sometimes. It requires us to stop talking and to be able to just listen and whether we like it or not. Right. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. So I guess to wrap everything up, when we talk about kindness, um, everyone go out and be kind. Do you all have any final thoughts? Just go out and try to make the world a much better place. That's That would be mine. From me, from somebody where it doesn't come quite as naturally to stop and and have that intentionality, I guess that's what I would say is, you know, look up and who who's the person, you know, right now that you could extend that to um, and just start creating that habit for yourself mm-hmm. to show that, because even though maybe that's not a natural tendency, short of being sociopath, um, <laughs> which I'm not, but you know, I, I, I think you can create that tendency in yourself uh, with that intentional behavior. All right. Well, we appreciate you listening to today's episode and go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu.